Welcome to the Be Better Chop Shop Podcast. Why, why is it the chop house, man? The chop shop, man, because we, we chop it up and dissect the information in here. I like that. Be Better World is a movement about empowering people. Stay tuned for some really cool people, some really cool episodes, and learn what you can do to empower yourself. All right, so welcome to the Be Better Chop Shop podcast, and I am honored to have not only uh, a renowned guy in the room, but a friend of mine in the room. I happen to be here with Dr. Eric Arzubi. How are you, sir? I'm doing okay. Are you? Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out what's going on. You know what's going on. We're just going to have a conversation. So for those of you all who have not been on the Chop Shop before, um, it's an anti-bullying movement, but I'm really all about self-empowerment, and so I'm trying to put people in front of you guys who are advocates for not only uh, kids and, and, and uh, adults, but also for the community, and I really see Dr. Arzubi as one of those people. So, you know, Dr. Arzubi, just tell us what it is that you do on a daily basis and that kind of stuff. Sure. I'm uh, Well, I'm a lucky guy. Every day is a little bit different, so uh, that's good. Um, I, uh, I actually... Came to Montana about six years ago, was working at the Billings Clinic uh, until about two weeks ago. And for the last two weeks, I'm, uh, I'm sort of a psychiatric entrepreneur. I like it. Way. I like it. Yeah. Serial entrepreneur now, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, or mental health entrepreneur. I don't know. I'm still, I'm, 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 you know what? I, you know, as, uh, well, you probably know this, but, uh, you know, development and uh, uh, development doesn't stop at age 18, you know? I'm still, I'm still growing, still trying to learn. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm 50. Yeah. So I, we always have these conversations because... And I look good for 50, don't you, I? Look, you look amazing, right, actually. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the cool part about Dr. Azu and I in our relationship, we have an opportunity outside of being professional to have some really, really cool conversations. And we talk about just some of the things that kids are facing today just in the world. So talk about some of the stuff that you see you know, on a you know, higher level that you see with these kids and the development of these kids and that kind of stuff. So... Um you know, well, you know, William and I, we like to joke around a lot and uh, and love to laugh. Um, but <clears throat> you know, sort of the things that really drive me are things that actually can be quite uh, tragic and uh, and difficult to talk about. But uh, but here we are. Um, you know, I think what you know, and you you hinted at uh, sort of a question you're going to be asking later. But I think we're you know, I, I think we can start talking about uh, this sort of thing. And one of the things that drives me is really. Um, is really advocating for the people that are most vulnerable. Um, and those include, you know, adults as well as children. And one of the things that really gets under my skin, and I see it every single day, are kids who've been exposed to abuse and neglect. Um, and, you know, these are, these are our most vulnerable humans in our community. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, even though I do this for a living, I'm a child psychiatrist as well as an adult psychiatrist, but... I still have a hard time getting uh, getting over the amount of tragedy that uh, that's really happening everywhere. This is not stuff that just happens. Oh, it happens in other communities. No, no, it happens here. Mm-hmm. It's happening down the block. Mm-hmm. Bad things are happening to great kids all over the place, and it's and it's 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 hard to stomach. Yeah, and it's and it's interesting, you know, given that you know, as far as population, we're fairly small when you compare us to the rest of the country. But mm-hmm. when you look at statistics. We're in the top ten for a lot of really, really tragic areas. You know, we're talking mm-hmm. about suicide, you're talking about drug abuse for kids from ten to nineteen. It's it's pretty bad. And you know, tell me about some of your experiences and what you see 
maybe some of the reasons why that stuff goes on. If 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 you know that, I, I I, you know it's there's there's so many things in play, uh, so many things at play here. Um, gosh, where can I where can I start? There's so much. Um, you know, one of the crazy things is. Uh, I'm a psychiatrist, so I can say the word crazy. Uh, one of the one of the crazy things is that uh, you know Montana was, I believe, the last state in the country to make bullying illegal. Yeah. What the hell is that about? Yeah. Tell me. Tell me about it. Yeah. What is that about? I don't. I don't get it. And you know, and um, you know, so one of the things that uh, in my practice and and working with kids every day, I've had to do is do a ton of educating. To, uh, to parents and kids about how to even go about handling this, you know, and, and there, there are some good strategies and, you know, and I don't know how much, you know, detail you want to get into, but one of the things as we're, as we're kind of talking about this, it's an issue I, I, I work with is, you know, I encourage parents and kids. So when, when, when they know that uh, bullying is happening is to document it, you know, if it's, if it hasn't been documented, it didn't happen. So you got to do it in writing. I, I tell families and kids, don't just go up to the principal or the teacher and say something kind of on the fly. No, put it in writing, mm-hmm. and uh, and keep a record and keep a record that you actually uh, you s- you sent a message to the principal or the uh, or the counselor. Make a copy of that or send an email and copy the the principal even the uh, in, but but make sure there's a there's a paper trail yeah. because. If you kind of do it on the fly and just kind of uh, an aside, say, "Oh, by the way, my kid's being bullied." You're gonna a lot of times you're gonna get from folks, even the best intentioned folks, saying, "Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll take care of it," and nothing happens. Right. I mean, teachers are already overwhelmed. They're doing a lot of work. A lot of teachers doing great work, but you know, um, as a, as parents, we have to advocate for our own kids as well, mm-hmm. and also teach our kids how to advocate for themselves and really model that behavior. So, and again, you know, so I'm, I kind of just went down sort of this this bullying tangent, but. Uh, but again, unless unless we kind of teach kids how to advocate for themselves and and have parents model how uh, how they need to be advocating for themselves, you know, how else are we going to be empowering these these kids who again remain vulnerable for a long time? Yeah. So let's talk about something that's a little healthier that I think is probably a little bit more near and dear to us. So I know you have twin girls. Yep. They're eighth grade, just like my daughter's eighth grade. Yeah. So. Any experiences at home? Do they come home? They talk about it because I think people think like like you said, it's it's not in our community, right? It, it, like we just we just got this bubble around us. But right. our kids are hearing things and seeing things. I don't know, you know. Do you hear it in your house? Do you do you see? I mean, yeah, no. I mean, I, I gosh, I don't know that I remember hearing all these things uh, when I was in eighth grade because I was you know I was the perfect child clearly, <laughs> but uh, you know, and all my friends were perfect, so that was good. Um, bubble child, right? That's right. That's right. But uh, but no, there's a ton of ton of stuff happening, and also it's incredible to me that uh, that kids are actually sharing some of these things online with pictures, and it's almost like they're leaving this 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 trail of some you know bad things are sort of uh, not bad. I, I hate to say that, but things are sort of uh, they're, they're experimenting with, and when that stuff is out there, that's that stuff that can only be used against them. So you know, so I feel I feel terrible for uh, for some of the kids that are maybe posting, for example. Posting things like <clears throat> that they, uh, you know, girls or boys um, sharing some of the things that they're experimenting with. Uh, it could be around sort of substances. It could be sort of I- interactions uh, with other boys and girls. You know, it's just things, you know, I think everybody, you know, 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th grade and, and teenage years are, are meant to be uh, times to sort of test Test uh, clearly test boundaries and 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 challenge oneself and hopefully in healthy ways, but uh, but you know the fact that all this stuff is now 
streamed live mm -hmm. is problematic because this is stuff that can be used against them later and can be used to be material for bullying later, mm -hmm. uh, for, for gosh, almost like blackmail. I mean, some bad stuff can come of this. So I guess that's the stuff that I worry about. You know, I think when you and I were growing up, I think, uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, versions of this stuff was happening, but uh, it wasn't all happening live, uh, you know, on Facebook or Instagram. I guess uh, uh, that's old school, I guess, now. But yeah. whatever the other stuff. TikTok. TikTok. Right. Snapchat. Come on, Gary. Right. Come on, Eric. You got yeah, yeah. all this stuff. Yeah, no. My, you got my eighth graders, man. You got eighth my graders. TikTok channel is amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so the, the other thing that I see, and again, not from, a, you know, certainly not from a medical standpoint, but what I see a lot of times when I deal with, and I won't say counsel because that's not what I do, when I meet with parents and I meet with kids, is that that familial structure is not as solid or is not supportive in the process. And so just on your, based on your experience, is that something that you experience or what is your experience with that? Because that's the part I try to link up. It's like, in my mind, it's a triangular approach. It has to be the school, the kids, and the parents. And I don't see that piece missing. So, I, you know, I, I think, I feel that, you know, it all starts at home. It all starts at home. You know, it's funny because uh, Ella and I, my wife, Ella, mm -hmm. we used to, um, for gosh, for nine years, we ran actually, uh, and I think I told you that we, mm -hmm. we had a, like a, an educational sort of tutoring business, uh, back on the East coast. And <clears throat> so that's how I kind of found love with working with, uh, with kids kind of mentoring and, and supporting kids. Um, but, uh, I saw very quickly when I was doing that kind of work, like, you know, we'd help kids with SATs and, and, and their subjects and trying to get into colleges and stuff. And found very quickly that it's all, it, you know, it, and parents are like, well, if my kid needs to go to this school and then that school and then this school, and I'm like, hang on, the schools don't matter. It matters. What happens at home matters mm -hmm. because you could, I've met plenty of, you know, people who really struggle, even though they've gone to Harvard, let's say, or some of the best prep schools in the country. And there are plenty of amazing kids that come out of some no name school. So that it's what happens at home. So back to your point, um, you know, and doing the work that I do with patients, it's, it's never a child-only problem. Our kids don't live in a vacuum, as far as I know. Uh, kids don't live on an island or in a vacuum. They live as part of a family system. And 99.9 .9 times out of 100, um, when I see a kid, it's not because it's a kid-only problem. It's because there's always family stuff going on. And in every family, there's family stuff going on. For, so for people, and you know, me included, to pretend that it's, you know, it's a, it's a kid-only problem, that's, that's just not true. There's always other family stuff going on, and uh, and the, the the families I struggle with the most are the ones that I guess have a real hard time seeing that that's the case, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, my my girls are going to have a harder time at home if I'm not being very patient. I'm not being very patient, or if I'm not modeling good, patient, calm behavior. I mean, obviously, I'm always calm, but uh, but well, but Ella, that. but Ella might be the one, <laughs> right, 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 right. Ella, I didn't say that. Just so That's you know, right. when you hear this, I did not say that. I'm not, I'm not condoning that. <laughs> but uh, but no, but to your point, you know, we're part of a system, right? Kids are part of, just like you and I are, part of our our own family system. And, you know, when somebody's off, it affects everybody else. And so that's, that's just the truth. So, you know, it, it all starts at home. And then, you know, then, of course, a school is another system kids are part of, right? So there's a school system, there's a family system, and there's their community system, right? And that community system might include sports, arts, those sorts of things, coaches, other, other significant adults. So, again, the core is at the family, and then each system has an impact on these kids. But... Um, you know, and and you, you you've probably seen that, right? When one system, when when a kid is struggling in one of the systems, it affects how they're doing in the other system. Mm -hmm. So, so I never, 
I never think about kids uh, and when they when these kids are my patients, I never think of the kids as patients on their own. I think about the family system. I try to figure out, okay, what's going on in each one of the systems that's making things more difficult for these kids. So I always feel like my head is going to explode after I talk to you because a, I can understand it, which is kind of scary because it's on a, it's on a level because you break it down for you know those of us who are not as swift. But then B, it's like it's always it always feels real, right? So I think a lot of people when they think about people working professionally, it's like I can't imagine mm. being in that world, right? So I, I appreciate that. So you got to leave me with that life thought that you wake up, that life lesson, that model that you that you try to prescribe to daily. Sure. So the kind of, you know, joking before, you know, I was telling you, I, I'm sort of, I've become this psych, you know, mental health entrepreneur, let's say, but that's, that's true. And, um, the reason I did it is because, um, because I am driven by, uh, by, you know, uh, one or two things that make me want to get up in the morning. And so the, the name of my practice <clears throat> that I started is called Frontier Psychiatry. And so the little motto that I, or the tagline that I came up with is called, uh, accelerating access to quality care, and so what what drives me is uh, is really serving because I you know what I see I see what I do uh, I, I'm, it's a I'm providing a service I I am serving others right so the way I think about it is um, uh, I'm there to serve the uh, the most the most vulnerable and the the folks that need to, need advocacy and support. And um, the other thing is Montana has a lot of very, like you mentioned before, has a lot of unique challenges when it comes to accessing care. And so I think it's, uh, I see it as my responsibility. Again, I don't own this, uh, this area, but I see it as one of my responsibilities because I, I've seen the need, I've experienced the need. It's my responsibility to try and make uh, access to great mental health care uh, uh, available to as many Montanans as possible. So you heard it here first on the Be Better Pod podcast. Dr. Eric Akzubi is accelerating access to quality care. Access to quality care. Sir, I appreciate you joining me tonight. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me, man. All righty. All right.